This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Stadium Podcast. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Merry Christmas, Ryan. How are you doing? Merry Christmas, Musa. I'm all right. The reason we're chuckling is because just literally as we were about to record, Musa just went, hang on a minute, turned his camera off and just vanished. And I was like, where's he gone? And he came back wearing a Christmas jumper. A ridiculous. Well, a particularly, yeah, it's a... It's, a, it's a, vivid, a vivid sweater. I've always thought you were of you as the uh, Daniel Day-Lewis of podcasting. Just really needed to get into... I need the to, method, method podcast. One must... To podcast on Christmas, one must become Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, Merry Christmas, everyone, if you're celebrating, and happy holidays. It's Christmas Day. It is indeed. You are hearing this on Christmas Day. How nice. Hope you're full of festive cheer. The Christmas... The, the podcast equivalent of socks on Christmas Day. You open up your podcast app on Christmas Day, you see another Stadio episode in there, you're like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> Not today, Stadio. Take a day off. You didn't ask for it, but you've got it. Here yeah, it is. Although, shout out to someone who tweeted it as saying, uh, it would be great for Ryan and Musa to just podcast daily through Christmas. And I was like, no, it wouldn't actually. <laughs> It'd be very much not great. <laughs> Live commentary. Are you in the Christmas spirit, Musa? I'm always in the Christmas spirit. You are actually. You did wear a Christmas jumper in August. That's true. That's no, true. when was it? It was was it August last year? I think it was last year. It was last year, and I was. I did wear a, a full Santa outfit on stage doing a spoken word gig in August. Well, I, I mean, that. yeah, I did that. So you know, some of us like to channel the Christmas spirit all year round. Yes. <laughs> anyway, today. Is the Christmas episode football things to be grateful for in 2023? Um, thank you to everyone who submitted. Uh, thank you to everyone who sent in submissions for this. Mm. We got some amazing ones. We left a couple oh, out. Lovely. We couldn't fit everyone in, basically, so we right, had to leave. Yeah. We had to unfortunately leave a few out. But um, we really, really do appreciate everyone who sent them in. Um, we're not going to do any admin. It's Christmas Day. <laughs> 
Fuck the admin. <laughs> no admin on Christmas. But there is a little bit of admin. There is. There's always a little bit. With these football things to be grateful for submissions, we oh, this sounds like a little bit of a humble brag. It's not. There are often ones that big us up or write us out. So we have a little rule that we don't read those bits out. So if yours did include that, we are we want to say from the top, we really, really, really do appreciate everyone who sent and who said really lovely things about what we do and Stadio and Miss and I were reading them to each other and it got a little bit, you know, emotional, like, yeah, we got a little bit overwhelming. But yeah, we really do appreciate it and uh, it means a lot. And, um, but yeah, we're, we're not going to read those bits out. That's okay with everyone because uh, no one, no one needs, no one needs to hear that. But we, <laughs> but we do appreciate it. So, um, I reckon we, should we just go straight into it? Let's do it then. Football things to be grateful for 2023 after this break. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, ma'am, do you mind if I start with a couple of quick ones? Go for it, please. Okay, so I would like to begin with Stephen Sexton, who says, This year, my brother and I joined a rec league soccer team together after living in separate countries for the better part of 10 years. It's our first time being on the same team because we're about four and a half years apart and never played on the same youth teams. Whether we win or lose, it's always the highlight of my week. Best, Stephen in Atlanta. Oh, I love that. I just wanted to start with that one because it's just very like, it's a football thing, it's personal, and it's just it's gorgeous, extremely though. wholesome. Yeah. Speaking of playing football, shouts to Giazi Redding, who says, Hello, Stadio family. One thing I'm very grateful for this year is that I played in and won a football tournament with friends. It wasn't the win that really mattered, but the fact that I didn't play football as a kid and never experienced those kind of moments. Being able to feel that joy now as I rapidly approach my 30th birthday was so special. It can often be so hard to find joy in this world. Oh man, that's delightful. That's really nice. I Just to say, I, I've got a friend who recently retired from playing 11 aside with us all, and he said, having played for his last club of all, it's the first time he felt like the full joy and he could now retire in peace. It's just like sort of amateur football, like Sunday mm. League, but it was quite moving to hear that. I mean, not wanting to bring the tone down, but when I quote unquote retired from <laughs> 11 aside, I felt nothing. I felt nothing. Joe, I felt relief. Relief. I felt relief. I was just like, oh, these 22-year-old Germans aren't going to be sprinting past me in midfield anymore. That's exactly what I felt, to be honest. Anyway. I'm done. Uh, I'm yeah. done. It's your turn, Musa This one is from Alex Berry. Hey Moose and Ryan. Hey Alex. Alex here. Hi, Alex. As a Luton Town fan, I'm grateful for a lot this year. Mostly to see the look on my dad's face as we got promoted this season. More tears were shed at Wembley than at my wedding two months later, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but also for the legend that is Pelly, Ruddock and Panzu. To get promoted from the conference to the Premier League with one club is crazy. But to improve every single year and to be an integral part of the team 
every season is out of this world. Absolutely. Yeah. What a player and what a team. Here's hoping we can pick up some more points and enjoy the ride a bit longer. Merry Christmas, Alex. Love that, Alex. Delightful. And uh, I just hope that your partner doesn't listen to Stadio. <laughs> 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 uh, this one from Ali Westwood. Ali says, hello, Mr. and Ryan. I hope you're both having a lovely day when you're reading this. We hope everyone else is having a lovely day when they're hearing this. Thanks, Ali. On the field, I'm so grateful for Florian Wirtz's return to health and form. I fell in love with Bayer Leverkusen in the 2021 season due in part to Florian's incredible start to his Bundesliga career and my subsequent football manager saves with the club. It's wild how many people actually develop. I, I used to do this when I, when I, when yeah. I played football manager. Anyway, um, his, cruciate, his cruciate injury in March 2022 was so severe that it could have genuinely put a stop to his career. But since he's returned to the Bay Arena has been nothing short of sensational. Every aspect of his game looks to have improved since his injury and now under Jabby Alonso, he looks like he could single-handedly take on any defence in the world. Long may he stay fit because he makes football so joyful to watch. I agree. Uh, off the field, the rise and respect that the women's game is gaining is something I'm so grateful for. From more games on the TV, the numerous record-breaking crowds this season in WSL and the best perfect World Cup for England, I'm so glad the game is being viewed as it's always deserved to be. Uh, Ali also sent a lovely note about Rowdy's House and Camp Press, so thank you, Ali. But, thank you um, so much, Ali. Delightful. I'm not going to read those. Um, why don't you do the next couple? Caroline Stefko, Stadio Ultra. Yeah, we see you. Caroline. We see, we see you. Hey, Ryan and Musa. Candidly, it was hard to think of many things to feel gratitude about around football this year. As a woman football fan, it feels like both in-person and online football spaces have become increasingly hostile. So if I had to be grateful for one thing, it would be finding my people in smaller communities like discords, group chats, etc. Oh, and big gratitude to Beth England for saving Spurs from relegation. Happy holidays to you both, Caroline. Thanks, Caroline. Caroline, I hope you continue to find community everywhere. Yeah. Because those you deserve it. Absolutely. Ewan Henderson. Hey, Ryan and Musa. It's been a strange year to care about football. As a Newcastle fan, it's been stranger still. The football thing I've been grateful for has to be Jacob Murphy's facial expressions when the Champions League music <laughs> rang out in the San Siro. Seeing someone self-actualise in real time was infectiously wholesome. Inject it, etc. Happy Christmas both. <laughs> Take it easy, Ewan. I that remember was, that. I loved, it was so that. good. And, yeah. and Jacob Murphy also, like, he can't hide his joy. He doesn't have a poker face at all. <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> um, all right, I'll do this one. Nevada Cullen says, I'm grateful to have made my professional soccer play-by-play broadcasting debut early this year. Oh, Congratulations, wow. Nevada. Oh I got to call five USL League One matches and three more for the USL Championship, all three of which happened to include the Eastern Conference champs, the Charleston Battery. As a recent college graduate, I am honoured that the USL took a chance on me and it was such a joy to broadcast professional soccer for the first time. I That's that. so cool. Congratulations. That. Yeah, amazing. And uh, I hope we're... I hope you go right in the words of Harry Redknapp. I hope you go right to the very right, top. Right to the very top. <laughs> top Ain't top, no doubt in my mind top, about that. Nevada's Nevada. a top, top broadcaster. Top, top broadcaster. I mean, Nevada Cullen is such a, like a, an absolute badass broadcaster name. Do you know what I love? Play I, by I, play. You know, when you think of the top broadcasters, you think of like the Martin Tylers, you think of the, the Nevada Cullens, don't you? you think of the yeah. Nevada Cullens, yeah. you got yeah. your Peter Drury's, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just like all the other, uh, all the other plurals. 
Big up, Nevada. That's really cool. It's love great that. to hear. Love that. This one's from Liam Murphy. Ah. G'day, Moose with Ryan. No. Oh. Long time listener, first time caller. The footballing thing I'm grateful for this year is the Women's World Cup and more specifically, the Australian women's national team, the Matildas. If you're unaware of the Australian sports scene, it's very much dominated by rugby, Aussie rules and cricket, with football considered a second tier sport. But in those days, the Matildas run at the World Cup, the country united at the beautiful game, with the quarterfinal and semifinal both breaking the record for the most watched television event in the country's history. So wild. It's incredible. Whilst it may not have gotten the fairytale finish you're dreaming of, the team captured the hearts and imaginations of an entire nation, something that the thought of which still brings a tear to my eye. Keep up the great work, fellas. Much love, Liam. Absolutely love that. Thank you, Liam. Amazing. This one comes from Kyle Zencherson. Hope I pronounced that right, Kyle. Dear Ryan and Musa, this year I'm most grateful for once-in-a-lifetime experiences I shared with the people I love. In a glorious two-month period, I saw all eight matches my home city of Brisbane, Mianjin, hosted for the Women's World Cup and two home games at the Emirates. I can hardly explain how incredible it was to see all those World Cup fixtures in Brisbane, 95% sold out and experience an atmosphere that was energised, inspired and diverse. Young and old, rusted on fans and newcomers, they were all there and created something special. I shared this all with my mum and my wife, Pippin, who I married last year. Congratulations. Oh, lovely. And my mother-in-law for a few games. Having been lucky enough to see two Socceroos games at the 2006 Germany World Cup with my mum versus Croatia and Stuttgart and Italy in Kaiserslautern, I think I'm well qualified to say that being sat behind the goals for the Matildas penalty shootout against France was the single most thrilling and nerve-wracking footballing experience I've had since. The morning after the third, fourth playoff, my wife and I set off on a round-the-world trip to the UK and Canada, sort of a delayed honeymoon and our first trip overseas since COVID. My amazing wife was understanding enough to accept an itinerary that included the possibility of seeing at least one Arsenal game in our two weeks in the UK. Against the odds, we had Fulham and Manchester United back-to-back and was lucky enough to have a friend of a friend able to transfer his season tickets for us both to go. As a child of the 90s, seeing a win against United was a delicious bucket list moment and having the love of my life with me who understood what it meant was all the more enjoyable. This all sounds a bit contrived having now written it down, but I'm truly thankful to have these experiences and and the Women's World Cup showed me it's still possible for more people to fall in love with the game and hold it to a standard that allows it to provide many more of these moments for future generations. With love, Kyle. That does not sound contrived at all. That sounds absolutely lovely. And congratulations to you and Pippin. I hope it continues to be wonderful for many more years to come. That's delightful. I love that. What a trip. Beautiful, man. It was cinematic, wasn't it? It took me on a journey. It was. <laughs> These are all melting my cold, hard heart. Next one is Robert Carrillo. <laughs> hey, guys. So I wanted to share that I'm so grateful for my time supporting the San Diego Loyal of the USL. I attended the first game ever right before lockdown hit. From there, watching them play behind closed doors, the eventual turn of their stadium. I've always followed European football, so to finally have a local club to support was incredible. This team was everywhere in the community, fought for inclusion, walked off the pitch due to racial abuse, midfield anchored by an opening gay man, and created an atmosphere at games that felt so special each and every time. Sadly, they ceased operations in October due to San Diego getting an MLS team. And while I'm looking forward to them getting started, I don't think anything will be like those four years with the Loyal. I'm forever grateful for it. Cheers, guys. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. Robert. 
Oh, look, San Diego Loyal, man. That is a beautiful, beautiful journey, isn't it? I know. What's that thing Vision says? Nothing's beautiful just because it lasts. Some things aren't, some things aren't eternal, but you know, this is... Um, Why can't they gate them? I know, man. I know, I know. Oh, oh man, yeah. the Loyal. Beautiful story. This one comes from Sean Markham. Sean says, you mentioned them on the pod, but I wanted to talk about my football joy this year, the Columbus crew and manager Wilfred Nancy. I'm a huge Columbus crew supporter with deep family ties to Ohio and Columbus specifically. For those who may not know, the club was almost relocated to Austin, Texas mm. in 2017 due to a baseless claim by ownership that a club in Columbus wasn't financially viable. Since then, ownership has changed. The club won the MLS Cup in 2020, but with virtually no fans in the final full season in the historic Crew Stadium, the first soccer-specific stadium in the United States. Oh. Some trivia yeah. there. This year, to win the second MLS Cup in the six years since nearly leaving, and to win in Columbus in a brand new stadium, that in itself would be enough to keep my joyful for seasons to come. But a year ago, almost to the day, the club introduced its new manager, Wilfred Nancy, and he is the true source of my football joy this season. He's brought an exciting, high-flying and high-possession style of play that has revived and revitalised the career of numerous players on the team, both young and old, and he's done it all with a smile on his face and unflappable poise, an unflappable poise and love for the game. Before the league semi-final, he showed the team a video of their families wishing them luck. And before the final, he posted pictures of each play- player playing soccer in their youth to remind them of why they play and where they come from. He is the reverse Ted Lasso, <laughs> the lovable, laughing Frenchman who has come to MLS with phrases like impossible is an opinion and led fa- the fans at the championship rally in a rousing version of freed from desire. It will only be a matter of time before he's gone, but we will love and appreciate Wilfred Nancy while he's here. Oh God, I love that. I love that so much. Legend. Possible is an opinion, Musa. Impossible's opinion. That's start using that on everyone. <laughs> I love that. Thanks very much, Sean. Delightful. You're up from Dakota Rubin. This year, I am grateful to my friends Zach and Timmy for being along for the wild ride the last twelve months have been as a Spurs fan during the summer of 2021. Each of us bet $20 on Spurs finishing top four. It was not a bet meant to make money so much as a commitment to each other to root for Spurs and to stay connected in our fandom. It worked and we also made money. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, the perfect combo. Our fandom and friendship has only grown from there and it has been wonderful to experience this season with my friends. Of course, I'm also exceptionally grateful for Ange and the new life that has been breathed into Spurs this season. Yes. Yes, Dakota. Uh, while we're on that, do you mind if I throw in a couple more? Go for it. ones quickly. It. Uh, this one from Ben Graff says, my football thing to be thankful for, mate, how can it not be Big Ange? <laughs> it's got to the point that my suggested posts on Instagram were exclusively clips from Ange press conferences. What a man. <laughs> <laughs> the algorithms found you. Go for it. <laughs> uh, and this one, it's like, uh, you know, is it the, like Harry in Harry Potter? The, 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 the sorting hat. chooses you. The sorting hat. <laughs> the one chooses the wizard. The algorithm chooses you. Matt Collette says, as a Tottenham fan and an Aussie, I'm so grateful for Big Ange. Even during this harder streak, I can see the vision and see what he wants from the team. It's so much fun to see a team who used to play a very defensive game to turn into this team who will never stop attacking or giving up. I agree, actually. Yeah, Spurs got identity back. We they love did. to see it. Uh, Brooks Gustafsson. Go for it. Hello, friends. I am thankful for Aston Villa, says Brooks. I'm without a favourite team in the Premier League, but I watch as many games as possible on Saturday and Sunday mornings. 
My wife is a sleeper, block capitals, four exclamation four marks, exclamation in brackets. <laughs> so she appreciates me waking up early and moving to the other room to watch games and let her sleep. Get that football out of here. Villa's run has been incredible and I'm fully aboard the hype train. I love a redemption story and Unai Emery leading Villa in his return to the Premier League is great. I stumble onto the TIFO boys talking about what has made them great tactically. Then they go on to beat Man City and Arsenal. Sorry, Ryan. In back-to-back weeks, incredibly fun to watch right now. Oh, Listen, Brooks, Brooks, I love that, but don't say you're sorry when you're not sorry. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. Don't, don't insult me. <laughs> uh, I love that. I've, I've, it's you, it's been amazing to see Villa um, go on this journey. Mm, you know, one of, one of England's bit like great old clubs. Yeah. And they found the perfect, uh, the perfect leader, I think, at this yep. point. Now I've got another Villa one, if that's okay. Go for Gareth it. Bedford. You're going re- to read this with relish, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> it's rather obvious. But from John McGinn's magnificent ass to Emmy Martinez's shithousery and Douglas Louise's silky smooth touch, there's many a thing a Villa fan has to be thankful for this year. Needless to say, I don't think there's a single one taking this ride for granted given it wasn't so long ago we were languishing mid-table in the championship under Steve Bruce for all my life I've been accustomed to that football fan adage of the hope that kills you always being on the edge of something good but never quite reaching it so for this year I'm sure like many others I'm thankful for the professor the maestro Unai Emery I love that just to see the language Emery's been described with you know it's really beautiful. I'm really glad that he's found somewhere where he's becoming beloved. It's lovely. It's lovely. Yeah, he deserves it. Absolutely. This one's from, what a gorgeous name. This one's from Strowman Breeding. Hi all. I am seriously grateful for Seamus Coleman. Was injured in the Leicester match last year with a serious knee injury. Instead of taking his opportunity to retire his preferred quiet family life, he lives in Liverpool. He worked tirelessly to get back on the pitch. Every Evertonian resonates with Seamus. A local lad from Sligo who came to Everton in January 2009 for 60k. 60 grand. It's ridiculous. Is he the best bit of business ever done in the Premier League? Yes, actually, I think. Pound for pound, I think so. I think so. Our captain, Shamey, he means so much to the club and the club means so much to him. We are dashed up. <laughs> yes, you are. You're dashed up. You're not going down, Strongman. You're not going down. Dished up. Love that. Love that. Everton fans using dished up. I just think 60k in the modern era for a player like that, pound for pound, is... Although, what was that, 20, 2009? So, in still, the UK now. In the UK, with inflation, that'd probably be 435 million pounds. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Put it this way. Peter Schmeichel cost half a million mm. in the late 90s. And that was extraordinary value. Well, so midnight is extraordinary value. But yeah. this, 60K in 2009, is it's ridiculous value. Can't buy a Freddo for that now. You, can't, you absolutely can't. Uh, I'm going to do another Everton one. This one's from Tom Monaghan. It says, hello, Stadio. I'm grateful for Everton Football Club, believe it or not. No, I, we do believe it. We do believe it. Of course it. we do. We're grateful for it. But more specifically, I'm grateful for the continued bond that my dad and I have for the club. Early morning matches, relegation battles, points deductions, all of it can be a lot, but it's just good, sorry, but it's just so wonderful to go through it with my dad. I wouldn't trade anything else from it. Much love from LA, Tom. Love that. Can I throw in a dad thing? Yeah. Because obviously my dad is an Arsenal fan. Mm. Because we 
you know, we do what we do. We, we, we work with Ian, obviously, and, you know, my dad has met Ian and they get on well. And they mm. all summer when we were off, dad thought that I had some kind of intel on whether Declan Rice was going to join Arsenal. <laughs> right? And uh, he was just like, so, uh, he, and he kept trying to do, he was like, do you think we'll, we'll get Declan Rice? And I was like, dad, love you. And also, I have absolutely no idea. And also, I was like, I don't know. And then um, I loved, I like, bless him, because he, he really wanted Declan Rice, my dad. Mm. And uh, he was like, oh, so I read a thing that uh, <laughs> they're saying that Bad City might go, go, go a bit higher. I'm like, eh, you know. I was like, dad, you're not going to get me to bite, man. I'm not going to, like, I was like, that's bait. That is bait, dad. Perfect impersonation. Your dad said a G. It is, isn't it? Oof, it's all, you know. <laughs> love you, Dad. I love that. Love that message. Yeah. Much love, Tom. Much love back to you. This one's yes. from Malcolm McCallum. Hi, Moose and Ryan. The standout footballing moment for me this year, as well as complete one of my clinical rotations at a local clinic here in South Africa, the whole clinic came to a standstill for 90 minutes to watch our beloved Banyana Banyana beat Italy to go through to the World Cup knockout stages for the first time in our nation's history. This moment embodied the true essence of Ubuntu, a feeling of camaraderie in a nation with such a deep history of divide and gender-based violence. It was truly unbelievable to witness the power that sport has to unite a nation. Kindest regards, Malcolm. Delightful. Love that. Uh, I'm going to read two quick ones, if that's cool. One from Luther Post, who says, Hello, Ryan and Musa. Hey, Luther. Luther here from Chicago. I just want to give thanks this year for Declan Rice. What a player. If we win the league by a margin of four points or less, his two last-minute game winners will have won us the league. Scenes. I love that. I yeah, love but that. Make, oh, but the thing is, Luther, I love it, but it's making me believe. You've made enjoy, me believe. Enjoy the belief. It's Christmas. Oh, don't tell me what to do, Musa. <laughs> if you cannot enjoy <laughs> belief on Christmas Day, you can never enjoy it. Oh. Enjoy the belief. Let it flow through you. This other one from Michael Anthony Jr. who says, thing, the thing I'm grateful for is Declan Rice patrolling the Arsenal midfield. So good. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, Stadio family. Thank you. Back Thank to you, you Michael. Michael. Thanks Thank very you. much. So yeah, a couple of Declan Rice shouts there. Yeah. I'm sure that would be my dad's one as well. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. This one's from Lizzie. Hello, Ryan and Musa. Hello, Lizzie. So thankful to live in Australia and be fortunate enough to go to six Women's World Cup matches in Melbourne. What an amazing tournament to witness. The joy of the fans. Shout to the Colombians who made hundreds of paper flags and handed them out for the neutrals to wave, ensuring we weren't neutral. <laughs> the faces of little girls alive with excitement and adoration. And finally, getting to see some of the greatest women's football in final appearances, Rapino and Marta. Just so very thankful for it all. Hope you're both safe and well. Have a great holiday season. Thank you, Lizzie. Thanks, Lizzie. You too. I, I, do you know what? Major regret from this year was not, not being able to go. Man, gutted. Yeah, properly gutted. Uh, right, I've got a bit of a long one here from Jared Sims. And I know that we said at the top of the show that we don't, in, we're not going to include the things about us, but we have to include this bit because it's, it's kind of, I think it's quite funny. Mm. Okay, so Jared says, hey boys, the first thing I'm, thr- I'm grateful for is obviously you two. Thank you, Jared. It's very kind. <laughs> I do a lot of driving for work and your podcast is always a must listen whenever it drops. I will say you two and I were in a bit of a one-sided feud at the beginning of the season. 
You didn't do anything wrong except take an extra week or two, presumably living your lives, eating fantastic food, and taking a much-deserved break. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Jared says, Still, as a biracial man, I felt as if my two dads had abandoned me to navigate the exciting but treacherous world of football by my lonesome in that brief spell. (laughs) I'm glad to announce we've moved past this spat and a happy, diverse, if exceedingly virile family once more. I love that. I love that. Now on to what else I'm grateful for. I've been, it's been a trying year, really two years for my club, Chelsea. I sometimes struggle to support them through the frustration, but I always come back to them because I love them and truly believe that they will return to glory again. I'm especially grateful for the current run of form of my favourite player, Mikhailo Mudrik. He burst onto the scene against Liverpool, seeming to justify his massive transfer fee before quickly fading to the bench. I can only imagine moving to a new country, learning a new language and playing for one of the biggest squads on the planet while bearing the weight of that enormous expectation and the fact my homeland and loved ones were experiencing the horrors of war. He faced huge adversity and must have felt very lonely. I hope he continues to progress, learning to harness his great gifts and for the love of God, making better decisions with the ball. (laughs) I'm grateful for Chelsea's women because I'll happily take four league titles on the trot with another coming this year, I'm sure. I'm grateful for Emma Hayes and all she's done for the club as well as deciding to move as well as deciding to move on to the role as US women's national team head coach. I'm from the US and after this past World Cup, I'm greatly looking forward to her crossing the pond and instilling the same greatness she cultivated at Chelsea in the US women's national team. And I'm just grateful for the growth of the sport overall here as well. I'm not shy about my love of soccer and every year more and more of my friends approach me asking questions and expressing an interest in the game. We talk about which clubs to support and who to watch in any given game. It creates new bonds and deepens friendships, which is something I will always be grateful for. There is so much I hate about the game, the impact money has had on the professional game, the corrupt figures who wield their power and influence in malevolent ways, fans who do nothing but spew negativity, and Chelsea ruining my Saturday mornings, (laughs) dropping points at home to Forest. But it brings me so much more joy than the pain, and I'm thankful to have it in my life. Wishing you and the rest of the Stadio audience peace and prosperity in the new year. Jared. I'm not reading that last line, Jared. I'm not reading up the Chels on my own podcast. Up the Chels, up the Chels. I'm not doing that. No. Too late. It's out there. The truth but, uh, is out there. Thank you, Jared. We enjoyed that one very much. And that, especially that opening paragraph made That's us laugh a lot. Samuel Luloff. Hi, Moose from Ryan. Hi, Samuel. Long time listener. First time writing in. Although they have given me plenty to cherish and enjoy over the last decade, this year I'm particularly grateful for Manchester City Football Club. Allow me to explain why. Late last year, I made a cross-country move from Minnesota to New York City. Before that move, I spent countless hours with my father and brother watching matches and discussing Manchester City football at great length. Both my brother and I went to local universities, so we all got to meet up frequently to watch our team, but this year would be the first where that wasn't possible. Fortunately, in a huge city where I hardly knew anybody, Manchester City gave me plenty to talk about. I joined my local supporters club, the New York Sky Blues, and through far too many morning pints and arguments about Jack Grealish's price tag, I have found a community full of friendly and welcoming folks who have made this new city feel like home. On June the 10th, when Manchester City completed their historic run to the Champions League and the treble, I was quite emotional to be away from my family and unable to enjoy the moment with them, but I also found myself incredibly thankful for the community I found through football, and I remain excited to keep that community in the new year. Cheers, boys. Thanks for reading. 
and have a wonderful holiday and new year. You too, Samuel. Thanks, Samuel. I love that. Community, man. It's everything. It is everything. All right, this one comes from Connor. Hey guys, last year I emailed in that my football thing to be grateful for was my daughter playing her first year of soccer and scoring her first and only goal of the season in our second to last game. Amazing. This year she's continued to play and netted 16 goals in 10 games. Listen, Barcelona, Barcelona scouting. What? I love love this. Oh my God. But beyond the goals, it was wonderful to see her start to understand the game more than last year. Improve as an all-round player on the field and enjoy playing the game. As the head coach for the team, I got to enjoy teaching the game to eight other young girls who were all fairly new to soccer as well. Connor. Love that, Connor. Love that. My goodness. Absolute. That is a turnaround. That's incredible. Look at the progress. Look at the growth. Jude Bellingham numbers. Love the growth. What is going on? (laughs) 16 in 10. I know, I know, I know. What the hell? Listen, serious numbers. Well, people are saying, I've heard Connor actually, people are saying, that girl good. She's going to be a problem. She's a big problem. She's already a problem. <laughs> I suppose you should stop shouting out that Draymond quote because he just keeps punching everyone all day. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we should. Anyway, you're up. Daniel Goodacre. Hello. Hello, Daniel. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> My football thing to be grateful for this year is dad's. In November, I was finally able to take my six-year-old son to his first game. It was late in Orient against Oxford United at Brisbane Road and just reveling in his sense of anticipation and unbridled excitement as he walked towards the ground and his wide-eyed curiosity to everything going on around us during the game was unforgettable and a total delight. I'm not sure if it was Ruben Rodriguez's beautifully taken opening goal for Oxford or the giant portion of cheesy nachos that my son persuaded me to buy him at half-time that left a more lasting impression, but it's a day I'll forever treasure. I was blessed slash cursed to be born a Spurs fan, but growing up in Oxford, my dad and often mum too, took me and my sisters week in, week out to the old manor ground to watch Oxford United, though Spurs and Oxford are my teams. Much later down the line, after I'd moved to London that my dad had retired, around 2018, we were able to fulfil a long-standing dream of getting season tickets for Spurs. There's been highs of lows, sorry, there's been highs and lows, of course, but being able to share match days with my dad has made even the most wretched performances worthwhile. The tonic of Postacoglu's arrival at the club in the summer, after the negativity of the Mourinho Conte years and the loss of Kane, can't be overstated. The football is just so joyful, and he feels like the kind of father figure our club so badly needs right now. I know that's asking for trouble, but so is playing a high line with only nine on the pitch, and I'm inspired. Daniel. Ha <laughs> ha! Can I say? One of the greatest moments of this or any season is Ange just basically going, we'll do it again. High line, lose for one. Listen, I don't want to say any spoilers, but check out the Stadios. This is I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Absolutely right. (laughs) Actually, shouts to Daniel as well. You included a couple of pictures. His son, by the way, he's rocking the drip and he's got the biggest box of cheesy nachos at the (laughs) late Orient game (laughs) I've ever seen. And also Daniel's bumped into Ange at the cricket. What a... That's what delightful. That's absolutely delightful. Shout out, Daniel. Love that one. Adorable, adorable child. And it's definitely the nachos, actually. It's, it's can, the nachos, man. Is, like, can I say, <laughs> that is one of the, first of all, I mean, the, 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 the box is about the size of this, this child's head. It's an enormous box. And he looks absolutely delighted. His son looks so at peace. I know. Oh, that's wonderful. And Ange, oh, great, oh, isn't it? Ange is delightful. Oh, Ange. 
Delightful. I shouldn't, as an Arsenal fan, I shouldn't love a Spurs manager as much as I love Ange Postacoglu. Everybody loves Ange. Yeah. And we got another Leighton Orient related one from Lenny McIntyre. Lenny says, this year I'm grateful for my football club, Leighton Orient. This is no ordinary club. We nearly went out of business a few years ago due to a neglectful owner who ended up relegating us to the National League. And even when we rose back into the Football League, we were dealt another cruel and ultimately tragic blow when our manager, Justin Edinburgh, passed away just a month after taking us back to where we belong. Yeah. God, that was awful, man. man. They've been through it. They really yes, have. They've been through it. Uh, this year has been particularly tough personally with one of my parents being diagnosed at the start of the year with a life-limiting illness. Oh, sorry, Lynn. Sorry oh, to hear Lynn. that. This has unsurprisingly been a constant pressing thought that has made trying to live a relatively normal life more difficult as each day passes. However, I learned that going to watch Orient was something that many people feel their club is, an escape. More than ever, I needed an escape that brought me some happiness away from what was a sad time back home, and thankfully they delivered. We were flying in the league from the very first game of the season and never left the promotion places from that very first game. Seeing them play some mesmerising football was that escape I needed, and even when it seemed somewhat dark at home, even Orient found some humour in that, by us all finding out we had one promotion in the middle of a floodlight failure. <laughs> For one from season, from darkness comes light. <laughs> hey, it's darkness before the <laughs> dawn. There it is. <laughs> For one season, football showed me that when you need that moment away from life's stresses, it can provide you with that safe space amongst thousands of others who feel exactly the same way. What a season and what a club. Gotta love that. Thanks, Lenny. Well, I've mentioned this maybe before, but I used to live around the corner um, from Lake Norton. 27 Norton Road. Listen, shout out. That's like they're going to go stick one of those plaques on it now, the blue plaques. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Co-founder no. of the podcast no one asked for, Muswap Wonga, lived oh, here. God. <laughs> Lenny, we hope that everything is okay at home, yeah, and yeah. Uh, thanks so much for sending that in. That's a, we love that. You're up, Musa. With I'm arguably up. a shout for the greatest name ever to have emailed Stadio. I mean, this is not even a question, is it? Andrew <laughs> Outlaw. Oh. Sorry, Strowman, you've got a lovely name, but this one, Andrew Outlaw. I mean, Listen, we could build our own uh, Stadio Ultras Avengers with the, some of the names, some of the amazing actually, names of people who email Caroline it. Stefko at the six. And then we can have Strowman and Andrew Outlaw as the two eights. Listen, that's a team. Hello, lads. Hello, Andrew. The football thing I'm most grateful for, all the heartwarming tributes to Edson Arantis de Nascimento, otherwise known as Pele. He passed away shortly after this episode last year. I remember I was at work when I heard the news. Initially saddened, I made a comment to my wife about it before going on with my day. The next morning is when I started to read the tributes, and that was when it finally hit me. I had to take an hour for myself to really grieve as tears were flooding down my face. Even now, I'm crying as I write this. As an American, born in 1983, Pele was my ambassador to the game. Yes, I knew plenty about Maradona and was even able to watch in the 1990 World Cup, but Pele is who I idolised. Soccer is my first love. We didn't have access to the professional leagues on TV. So the only thing I could really watch was highlights of Pele and needless to say, he was poetry in motion. Over the last 15 years, I'd grown frustrated at what appeared to be his removal from the GOAT conversation. I understand the recency bias of Messi and Ronaldo is always going to draw the headlines. But, even in more analytical discussions, it seemed like his name was dismissed entirely. And of course, once the World Cup victory determined Messi was better than Ronaldo and then better than Maradona, there was no more discussion to be had. What frustrated me wasn't so much that people had other favourites, 
but the complete lack of mention for Pele made it seem like his life and career simply didn't matter. How can that be when I tried to imitate his game every time I took the pitch, donning his iconic number 10 on the back of my shirt? Reading through and listening to the countless tributes honouring his brilliance brought to me the peace of mind I finally needed just to let it be and let it go. I was reminded that, while I never watched him play live, that I can see glimpses of his game in all the legends he inspired, and regardless of the general consensus of today, he will always be my GOAT. With love, Andrew. I love that. I think those who know, know with Pele. Also, choose your goats. There it is, exactly. Your goat, it doesn't have to be anyone else's goat. Uh, thanks, Andrew. Pre- really appreciate that. It's Love lovely. that one. Uh, this one comes from Max Godsland. Another great name. Listen, man. These, these are delightful. I know. Hi, strong gents. Run, strong Hi, run. gents. As a Sheffield United fan, I'm grateful to Paul Heckenbottom for getting us promoted under difficult circumstances involving financial difficulties and a transfer ban. It can be argued that he was set up to fail in the Premier League with a team that was weaker than the team that brought us up. He had a difficult time before being let go and it remains to be seen whether that was a good call. I'm writing on December the 12th. He should be remembered as a hero though for taking us from 16th to the playoffs in 21-22, an FA Cup semi-final and of course promotion. I hope you have a great Christmas and New Year. Cheers, Max. You too, Max. Thanks very much for that. And what yeah. a lovely shout. And yeah, look, to take a team on that run, what a special journey that is, honestly. Amazing. I really like stories like that when fans know that just because maybe something didn't work out in the current situation that that person wasn't a failure at the club and, and also most most like, most tenures end badly most of them to yeah, be honest. I mean you look at someone like Urs Fischer yeah right. with us you know pure love there pure whilst realising that maybe the club needed a change you know right. it's just sometimes that that happens absolutely you're up man this is number 30 by the way goodness me Sam Titus <laughs> we've got a lot to go man listen it's a joy every single one is a joy Sam Titus For this year's football things to be grateful for, I have a longish, sorry, story I'd like to share. A friend and I finally got the often discussed, seldom executed Europe trip off the ground and did a whirlwind tour of England and Spain at the end of last season to see the sights and watch some football. We got to watch my favourite club, Sheffield United, win promotion against West Brom at the Lane on a freezing April night. Despite only arriving in Sheffield early that day after flying overnight to London and taking a train up, We spent the evening singing and laughing with so many wonderful people and even got invited to a local pub after the match to swap stories with lifelong supporters and community members. Getting to sing the Greasy Chip Butty song quite literally (laughs) brought a tear to my eye. I love that. (laughs) And I still get chills thinking about the roar of the crowd when the final whistle blew. Everyone was so welcoming and happy to have fans from Canada at the lane to celebrate this amazing achievement. Special shout out to Nick. He served as our guide and friend for the evening's revelries. Not to be outdone, my friend and I then flew to Barcelona to watch the second leg of the Women's Champions League semi-final at the Nou Camp, where we sat amid tens of thousands of Catalonians, soaking in the most energising atmosphere I've ever experienced at a sporting event. It's true what they say, the city, that team and those fans are more than just the club. We then topped our trip off by returning to London to watch the second leg of the other semi-final this time adding our voices to the sellout crowd of the Emirates. Although Arsenal didn't come out on top in the match, we made more friends in the ground and even met that most famous Estadio supporters, Emily Oram. <laughs> there she is! There she is! <laughs> there she is! It was truly a week to remember, and yes, since I know Moose was thinking it, the food was 
Incredible. <laughs> oh, God, it's got me there. More than anything, the trip cemented my love for the game that I've only ever known from a distance. Of course, I support my local club. Shout out to Atletico Ottawa. What a name. What a name. What a name. But to experience the energy and joy of those three matches, not to mention the welcome attitudes of the fans, was such a strong reminder of the amazing ability of sports to bring people together. Sam, that is delightful. Thank you. Love that. What a, what so a great much. trip. Wonderful. Oh. Wonderful. Uh, this one comes from Sean Gunn. Howdy, Stadio Crew. Howdy. Moose is going to love this. As a Napoli fan and someone with Union Berlin feelings. Hook it to my veins. I've been thinking a lot recently about how to feel given that neither club is having a great start to the season. The point where my bubble started to deflate was the Rudy Garcia appointment. Apologies. I love this. Apologies to Joe Strummer and Mick Jones, but Rudy can fail. <laughs> Incredible content. Incredible. The dualities can exist simultaneously in life and in the immediate aftermath of the highs of a Scudetto win or Union qualifying for the Champions League less than five years after being promotion after promotion to the Bundesliga, then comparative lows feel extra low. But it only feels this way because the highs were so high. Napoli usually float around the third to fifth range in the table, so while I'm not grateful for the dreadful performances this year under Rudy Garcia, I am grateful for why those performances seem so dreadful. The stars, planets and constellations all fell into alignment last year. I'm grateful for Kim Minjay, Spalletti, Victor, Chucky, Frank, Che Guevara. Che Guevara, oh my God, that's incredible. <laughs> and the sheer stupidity of a comfortable Nap- Napoli Scudetto. And going forward, I don't know if he's going to be good, but Natan is everywhere and incredibly fun to watch. Who knows what the future has in store for any of us but it helps me appreciate the present. What a line. I love that. Thanks, Sean. Gratitude, man. Beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Thomas Morey. This year, I'm grateful for Napoli's Scudetto win. Relevant to my interest. It was a long time coming, as the previous championship was my birth year. As an American who grew up a baseball fan, go O's. Yes. <laughs> yeah, shout out to O's. Proper, yes, proper football came to me later in life via the 2006 World Cup. I locked onto Pirlo and became an instant fanboy, clubless though. It wasn't until I started working in a restaurant run by Neapolitans that I caught the Napoli bug by being forced to surrender Sundays to the screen and Rai Uno. A year or so passed, and it was the fall of 2009 and Napoli's comeback win against Juventus, 3-2, that cemented it. Hamzik and that Mohican, this is a team that plays with the blood. Gritty players like Grava, Gargano, Maggio, Mercurial falls like Levetsi and Dennis. I was hooked. 2011-12 Champions League knockouts were worse than a sophomore breakup. The Benitez era saw hints of the attacking wizardry and goals to come. The sorry years were mesmerising, albeit missing the final act. That Koulibaly header against Juve. That Koulibaly second yellow against Fiorentina. It goes on. Fast forward to 2023. New faces, a brilliant coach, and the right set of circumstances. 33 years in the making. Champions of Italy. All it takes sometimes is a draw against Udinese. I'm grateful for the players I've seen through the years, the city, its people, and for what sport can give to us in both the best and the bleakest of times. Thomas, that was gorgeous. Love that one. Gorgeous. Love that. Do you want to just read a couple quick? Go for it. Uh, This one comes from Alex, who says, As an American of Argentine descent who loves football, I rarely get to experience top-level matchday football at the park. This year, 
For my 50th birthday, my friends gifted me tickets to New York Red Bulls versus Inter Miami. A really fantastic gift and a once in a lifetime experience for the missus and me. All the best, Alex. And Alex included a picture of him and his wife at the game. I can I just say, it. Alex, there is no way I believe that was your 50th birthday. <laughs> Unbelievable. There's no way. There's no way. Listen, good, no looking, way. Out. good looking out. Uh, and this one from Sam Williams. I'm feeling in a very reflective end of year mood. So my football thing is a personal one. My daughter is 14 and only started playing football properly towards the end of last year during a particularly turbulent time. This year has been full of ups and downs, but football has become a constant for her and for us. We have played together, watched together, and I've had the pleasure of watching her get better and better all year under some great coaches. They have really made a difference to her well-being and confidence, so I'm grateful for all the wonderful people who give up their time to help others be better through football. Wishing you all the best, Sam. Love that, Sam. Love that. Shout out to your daughter. Listen, next season, 16 goals in 10 games. Listen, there's the benchmark, the bar, man. That's like, the bar, that's the, the bar. The levels. Got, like, the levels. <laughs> Stadio Juniors. Second season. The breakout season, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love uh, that. You're up. Much love, Sam. This one's from Serge Leshuk. Hey, Ryan and Musa. I wanted to share that in 2023, I'm grateful for the re-emergence of Ukrainian footballers on the world stage, even in small sample size. It seems after the years of Shevchenko, Voronin, Luzhny, Reprov, etc., having spots at top clubs, there was a period of darkness. Now, with the emergence of the likes of Zinchenko and Malinovsky, we are back. Mudrik hasn't kicked on, yet, but he's getting time at Chelsea. Premier League has Yomolyuk, Brentford, Zabani, Bournemouth, and Mikolenko, Everton, all playing significant minutes for their clubs. And that's before we even get to Girona with Dovbik, who's balling out. Mm. And Sugankov playing important roles in that miracle run. Yaramchuk kicking around for Valencia to Yaramchuk baller. Overall, it's just been such a delight to see so many talented footballers finally get their chance at such a difficult time for our country. Now, if only the national team would kick on, still remember the Netherlands Euro roller coaster. Honestly, man, like those players are all doing the country proud. You consider mm. everything they're going through, especially. Just remarkable. Also, can I say this? We've always loved. The fact that Shakhtar always pop up and do the business against Spanish teams in Champions League. Listen, love to see it. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick... From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, The Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, The Hargan Family Killings, starting May 8th, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This one from Chris Heathman, who says, I'm grateful for non-league football and Pascal Chimbonda. Oh my goodness, I haven't heard that name in years. I started watching Skelmersdale United a few years ago. Skem. <laughs> yes. West Lanks Massive. Love Shout that. out. A few years ago, just for something to do, and now I'm a season ticket holder. 
Non-league became an antidote to the professional game. It's more about community than results. There's a stronger connection with the players and manager because we get to speak with them in the clubhouse slash pub after the game and there's very little tribalism. Scam have been struggling to survive as a club and don't have their own ground. They're bottom of the ninth tier in English football and as a throw of the dice hired Pascal Chimbonda, of all people, as manager a couple of months ago. It's his first managerial job and although relegation is still likely due to results before Chimbonda took over, him and the new players he signed have connected with the fans straight away. It was a surreal moment to see Chimbonda eating a bowl of chips in the pub after his first league game in charge, a 4-1 win in which both managers were sent off, three players were too, non-league at its finest. I'm going to get Skem season tickets. It's incredible. Their recent 2-1 win against Berry was unforgettable and a rare high in the last few years. In the new year, we have away trips to Berry, an Isle of Man to look forward to, up the Dale and and skim bonder that's incredible <laughs> merry christmas and happy new year chris chris i love that it's wonderful that's wonderful shouts to skim we hope you stay up shouts to pascal really maybe, good we're, maybe from, we're there maybe we're going we're going to watch him very good friend of mine from uh, uni actually from scalbersdale shout out to them sebastian kalen a couple of football things i'm thankful for having had roberto Firmino in the team i support and the sending off he got from the fans in the stadiums in the last few games he played for liverpool constantly singing his song he is the personalization of the absolute joy and goosebumps the beautiful game is able to give me. And a special shout out to Joel Matip, probably one of my favorite Liverpool players ever. I just love his mazy forward runs and dribbles, his personality on and off the pitch, and the pure emotions he shows in the game. I really hope we haven't seen the last of him in a Liverpool shirt after his latest injury. And he's got to be one of the most memeable footballers out there. Check out at, context, at no context Jay Matip if you haven't already. Also, he's got to be, this is a great shout, one of the best free signings ever, not just for Liverpool. Maybe that's an idea for a special show. Best 11 on a free transfer. That's a lovely idea. It's a man. Schalke legend. Schalke legend, Liverpool legend. Uh, This one comes from Colm Daly. Hi, Ryan and Musa. Big listener from Cork, Ireland. Roy King country. Love that. The first thing I'm most grateful for is that Arsenal are back competing at the top after a very rough couple of years. With that, I'm grateful for the many brilliant podcasts that I listen to pre and post matches, Arscast, Arsenal Vision, Arsenal Opinion, and of course, Stadium Rights House. Thank you, Colm. That one's snuck in. I meant to edit that out. Finally, I'm just happy to be fit and healthy, able to play football every week at a Sunday league level, as it is very important to my physical and mental health. Have a great Christmas and New Year, Colm. Lovely. Thank you, Colm. Thank you very much, Colm. This one's from Ben Canfield. Happy holidays, Moose and Ryan. Hmm. Happy holidays to you too, Ben. I've been wanting to send something in for the holiday episode for a few years now, but admittedly, it's been hard to find the energy just to sit down and do the thing. This year, though, I have to send out some thanks for two NCAA collegiate men's soccer programs, the West Virginia University Mountaineers and the Marshall Thundering Herd. What a name. Oh my God, the name. Sounds like the... Sounds like an unbelievable band. That's an incredible band. I'd see them. I myself am a West Virginian born and raised. West Virginia born, I love that. (laughs) An engineer turned English teacher who's graduated with both bachelor's and master's degrees from WVU. I live in the DC area of the US now, but my family's history is and always has been deeply connected to both universities, which are the two largest public universities in the state of West Virginia. In the state of West Virginia. So, even though I'm a loyal, WVU fan through and through, I pull for Marshall as well, so long as the two sides aren't playing against each other. 
Marshall is typically thought of as the little brother of the two universities, but little brother actually won the NCAA men's all caps <laughs> national championship exclamation, exclamation mark. marks. Yeah, exactly. In 2022, which was something akin to Leicester winning the Premier League. This year, Marshall spent much of the year ranked number one in the country, but WVU climbed up to number five and the two sides played some of the most breathtaking soccer I've watched at any level in recent months. They even got to play each other twice. WVU winning the regular season fixture in Morgantown and Marshall winning the Sunbelt Conference Championship game in Huntington. That sounds so epic, the Sunbelt, goodness me. Even though Marshall bowed out at the NCAA tournament in the early rounds this year, early this year, and WVU just lost a heartbreaker to Clemson in the national semifinal, the two sides have brought so much light and hope to community that has desperately needed it. Unfortunately, West Virginia as a state is on the wrong side of so much in the United States today. A big pharma-induced opioid epidemic has claimed the lives of so many. The national overturning of Roe v. Wade led to a state ban on abortion rights. Fear tied to a dying coal industry has been weaponized by the far-right Trumpist politicians in more ways than I can count. Teachers have had to strike for fair wages and incompetent university leaders at WVU have made cuts to crucial language, linguistics, environmental health sciences, and mathematics programs, which will ultimately drive more and more native West Virginians like myself out of the state. Even though I don't live in West Virginia anymore, West Virginia will always be my home. Like too many other people in too many other parts of the world, my home is on fire. In spite of it all though, soccer has brought the people of my home state immense joy at an immensely trying time. Ten years ago, as a teenager, I never thought that soccer would have become so popular in my home state, and I was rather dismissive of it myself. I didn't even start following college soccer until 2015, when the WVU women's programme made the national championship game due to the unbelievable defensive duo of two Canadian superstars you might have heard of, Ashley Lawrence and Khadija Buchanan, now of Chelsea Football Club. Wow. Listen, shout out. Thanks to trailblazing players like these two, to coaches like Nikki Izzo-Brown, Chris Grassi and Dan Stratford, and to a community of fans whose support never ceases to waver, soccer culture continues to grow and give the people of West Virginia something to be proud of. Thanks in advance for listening, and thank you, Moose and Ryan, for years of much-needed chaotic escapism. May you forever stay safe and well, <laughs> and may... And may this latter take grace our ears, grace our ears in the hopefully not too distant future. Best, Ben. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Ben, ben. pulling on the heartstrings. That's gorgeous. I know, right at the end. Listen, Listen. flattery will get you nowhere, Ben. Listen. <laughs> I'm going to read a couple of quick ones. Yes. Sam Watts says, this year I'm grateful for my decision to get to bring a guest with me to every Nashville SC match. When I bought my season tickets, I always brought my football-loving friend, but with school and work, he is unable to attend many matches. For this year, I made it a goal of mine to either bring a friend or family member who has no idea the, about the game of football. I'm glad to say many see what we all see in the great game. It warms my heart to see them come back on their own and cheer on the boys in gold. What a cool thing to do. That's delightful, man. Love that, Sam. Thank you. And Michael Schwartz says... Hi Ryan and Musa, I'm grateful for the collective support of Portland Thorns fans to their players. It's been a trying couple of years being a, a fan of any Portland team with the seeming disdain any of the owners have for the values of your fan groups. However, I clearly wasn't alone with the idea of buying a ticket to Sophia Smith's first game back after she missed her penalty at the World Cup. 
when she scored about 15 seconds after coming on as a substitute, it was the loudest I've ever heard the stadium. And it will be a memory that will forever bring me a tingle of joy. Best, Michael. Love, Love that. that. Love that. This one's, this one's from um, uh, Jack Sherlock. Hey, Ryan and Musa. The thing I'm grateful for in football this Christmas is happiness weekend. My family moved from England to Australia when I was five years old. My wife and I are currently back in the UK. And this weekend, I'm going to see Arsenal play for the second time in my life. The first time was against Crystal Palace in January 2017 when Liver Giroud scored a certain scorpion kick. Oh my God, what a joy. Postcast award-winning goal. This weekend, I'll be watching us take on Brighton. and I literally can't wait. Spoiler, Arsenal did just fine. They did fine. I follow Arsenal in an irrationally dedicated manner. Best way to follow. And going to watch my team is the best present I could receive for Christmas, regardless of the result. Thanks again for your time, guys. Wishing you both an amazing Christmas and New Year. Jack. Thank you, Jack. Love that, Jack. I've got another kind of Arsenal-related one from Justin Kung, who says, Hello, Team Stadio. Here's my list of what I'm grateful for this year in no particular order. The Women's World Cup for showing me a brand new side of my wife and giving us yet another amazing shared football experience. My wife is Australian, and while we were unable to attend the Women's World Cup as we are based in Hong Kong, we managed to catch every single Australia game on TV or at the pub. I saw the unabashedly loyal partisan fan side of my wife for the first time, and it was frankly frightening and <laughs> delightful all at once. Uh, Bukayo Saka, and by extension, Arsenal's offensive line, for continuing to play in that fearless and joyful way in, in, that just excites fans. I'm conflicted between wanting some rest for him and want him to pl- wanting him to play every minute and eagerly anticipating what electric moment he'll create next. I'm grateful Arsenal has assembled this amazing lineup, and I'll come to leave it at that. Declan Rice, I don't think I have to say anything much here. Can Arsenal spend another hundred million to clone him? Uh, and then Justin also says some very kind things about Stadium Rice House. So thank you, Justin. Thank you so much. And so um, much. that's cool. That's so funny when you when you when you see the fandom come out of someone that you've never really noticed it. The radicalised as well. Oh my yeah, god, it was always there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is, oh my God, another great name. Dylan Broadwell. I'm grateful for the Charm City Gooners, the Arsenal America fan club in Baltimore, Maryland. I never felt accepted in the American soccer space, but CCG has been my fiance and I's home since we first walked in on the opening day in 2017. I could not be proud of her election to board of the organisation. While there are more people watching than back in the dour days of 2017, it is still the same rowdy welcoming space it's always been. What I'm most grateful for, though, is coaching the participants of Soccer Without Borders here in Baltimore. I joined in the confusing and horror-ridden summer of 2020. SWB gave me a purpose during as well as introduced me to so many incredible people and different immigrant communities. Since then, I've had the privilege of coaching many of our middle school kids into their high school years. Seeing these young people become the incredibly kind, thoughtful, funny and driven individuals they are in the face of so much adversity has been a blessing I often take for granted. Finally, I'm grateful for this podcast. Your ability to bring forward humanity in a game hell-bent on driving it out is something I really cherish. Thank you. Mm, where's the catch? Ah, there it is. Release the Zlatan take. No. Best, Dylan. Dylan, thank <laughs> you. We appreciate <laughs> the entreaties. But yeah, but there's a PS. Yeah. Quick, funny aside from Dylan. In 2022, a tumour the size of a grape was found in my spinal cavity. I had emergency surgery here at Johns Hopkins Hospital, which saved me. 
I should not be able to walk or be on my own. I did not dodge a bullet, but a cannonball. I am very grateful for that. As I was still coaching, as the tumour grew, many of the kids I coached saw my decline. I often felt awful they had to see me go through this, but as I was able to get better and learn to walk again, I became excited to see them. I was able to attend a middle school academic time with the kids I coached the year prior. As I walked into the room, I got hugs from almost every participant I coached. I could not have had a wider grin on my face. One boy, who had a hot, cold relationship with me, <laughs> perked up as I walked over to say hi. Oh, Coach Dylan, he said innocently, you're not fat anymore. I have never had a more perfect moment that explained the frustrating hilarity that coaching and teaching young people can be. Ah, oh, much love, Dylan, and what a beautiful, beautiful message. I'm glad you're okay, Dylan. Absolutely. What a gorgeous message. This one comes from Ellie Bromage. Hey, Ryan and Musa. Hope you're both well and getting into the festive spirit. Thanks, Ellie. Yes, we are. We are. Yeah, very much so. A bit too much. Musa <laughs> <laughs> was in his Christmas jumper in August. <laughs> My football thing to be grateful for is the gap closing on the international scene in women's football. It's led to games being so much more enjoyable as they're much more competitive and allows for lesser known countries and players to shine and come to the forefront. Also grateful for the continued growth of the game in general. I'm based in Sydney and volunteered for the World Cup. And although my dream is to see an England team win a World Cup, so close in brackets. My overriding memories are of being pitch side for games like Panama against France, Colombia against Germany. Uh, apparently, Ellie was, you could see her in Linda Caicedo's <laughs> celebration. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. And just seeing those lower ranks teams ball out, bring the best fans and just have the best time. What a tournament. Love that, love that. Thanks, Ellie. Love that. This one's from Adam Uta. And apologies, Adam, the correct pronunciation. That's, I suppose, a German approximation of how to say it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Tell me you live in Germany without telling me you live in Germany. (laughs) (laughs) So the German pronunciation, Adam Uta. Yeah. While I would have made this submission regardless, in light of the recent data uncovered about online abuse at the Women's World Cup, I think it's all the more essential to take some time to celebrate Megan Rapinoe's career. As an American, I'm probably biased and missing some other key figures. Please chime in and correct me if you think there are others worth mentioning. Nope, Megan's great. Megan's just great. Don't worry, Adam. But I think you'd be hard-pressed to find another footballer over the past decade who did more good for the sport than Rapino. Her record as a player speaks for itself. More importantly, she spent her entire career doing what we are constantly asking elite athletes, especially footballers, to do. She maximised her platform. She consistently spoke truth to power, sometimes in stark contrast to some of her own teammates, and was completely unapologetic in her attempts to use her influence to shine a spotlight on issues that required it. She has been the epitome of the role model professional athlete so many fans are crying out for, and I think the ultimate compliment we can pay her is that the sport overall has benefited and will continue to benefit for her presence, sorry, from her presence and her activism. Adam. Adam could not have phrased it better absolutely wonderful thank you so much i agree lovely i hope mega rapino is going to have a good christmas i think you know i know she's retired i know she's recovering from her injury but obviously i hope she's just like you know what I can i say right. one request i hope it in- i hope it involves plenty of cheer and lots of matching outfits with all her mates i think that that would be a treat absolutely 
Let's have this one from Patrick Corcoran. The first thing I'm thankful for this year in terms of football is just how enjoyable it has been to watch with my kids. My daughter Juliet is three now and has been watching with me since she was born in 2020. She's starting to ask to watch matches, even mimics my yelling at the TV for fouls, and sometimes in colourful language, oh my for better goodness. or worse, will drop to the floor and say, "Ugh, I got fouled again. That is adorable. <laughs> <laughs> A child diving for fouls with no contact. <laughs> uh, she even asks to wear her Arsenal shirt when I wear mine and points others out when we're out and about. That's amazing. My son Gavin is four months old soon and he's been my early morning match watching partner. We live in California. You can tell he's starting to notice the pictures move on the screen and seems captivated. My second thing is just how much joy Arsenal has brought me this calendar year. Even though they didn't win the title, the path forward seems bright. They even gave me the dramatic Bournemouth win on my birthday. Oh, lovely. That's cool. It's a privilege to get to watch and support this team and cannot wait for what 2024 brings. Nice one, Patrick. Love that. A lot of Arsenal stuff in here. There is. There is. They found that. They found you. Maybe we've just realised that Arsenal fans are more grateful than any other. (laughs) (laughs) Some Anu Nande. Hey, Anu. For a second year running, I'm immensely grateful to Mikel Arteta and his beautiful merry men for joy and hope amidst the heartbreak, the asked woman, the privilege to see the boys live again, poorly drawn Arsenal, the way you talk about ball, and the Arsenal family I got to catch up with in the summer, stateside and in London. Sending you both all my love and best wishes for the remainder of the year and a great 2024 ahead. Anu. Thanks, Anu. This is from Corey Weinberg. Hello from St. Louis, Missouri. This year, I'm especially thankful for our new local club, St. Louis City SC. This was the club's inaugural season in the MLS and we finished top of our conference while hosting sellout crowds each while hosting sellout crowds each match day. I've been able to experience the joy of local football this year after years of watching on television from afar. On match days it feels that the club has a rich history despite its recent inception. All stadium and f- oh my goodness this has got me hooked already. All stadium food and drink is from local joints and reflects unique neighbourhoods of our city. It's been a special and unifying experience. It has all felt like football done the right way. The club's on field success, just being the cherry on top. Oh, cherries. <laughs> Cheers, Corey. Thank you, Corey. Nice one, Corey. It's nice to hear some gratitude for, not Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> right, this one comes from Seamus Toner. More great names. What I am most grateful for this year is seeing my daughter, who turns three in March, fall in love with the beautiful game. When so many of the people in power in the sport try to steal the beauty away from us, it's easy to forget the beautiful innocence the game has given us. What a lovely opening paragraph. Love it. But what I'm most grateful for is what the Florida State University women's soccer team has given my daughter. Going to games in person with my daughter and seeing the joy on her face watching them play, whether in the stands or on the TV, Florida State completed an undefeated season and became national champions. During the national championship game, FSU scored first and celebration in our house ensued. My daughter looked at me and said, let's do it again. And we saw them score 26 seconds later. Oh my goodness. And the party was just getting started. We went on to win 5-1 and I cried because very few people will ever realise what this team meant to my daughter and I. Oh my God. 
My favorite moment of the season was the only game Florida State did not win. We saw FSU score a last second equalizer by Mimi Van Santen and we went nuts. After our celebration calmed down, my daughter ran straight to her room to grab her shoes and then went to the front door and said, let's go to the soccer game, daddy. Oh my God. The game took place in North Carolina, eight plus hours away from us, but we made sure to make it to the next home game. Instead, we settled for playing in the backyard like we do every day when I come home from work. From her telling me after she met the team and got a poster signed that she wanted to play soccer on that field to her to her thinking every red team is Liverpool <laughs> and <laughs> every goal scorer is Mo Salah as my daughter will randomly sing Mo Salah, Mo Salah running down the wing around <laughs> the house. What a game. The Women's World Cup wasn't a good time for a toddler to watch games in the US this time but I look forward to the day I can take her to the Women's World Cup and celebrate these heroes in person. One of the greatest joys in life is sharing what you love with the people you love. I am grateful for this. With love, shameless. Absolutely delightful. It's got me a little bit emotional, that one. You know, these emails, it's like, you know, and Justin's talking about his wife, like, radicalised by football, yeah. and this one too, and you see, like, daughter, like Seamus' daughter running around. You can, you can visualise them. So lovely. Gorgeous. This one's from Elijah Aldridge. Hi, Stadio. Hi, Elijah. My football thing to be grateful for isn't on the pitch. As an Ipswich Town fan, with us being promoted back to the championship with 98 points, 101 goals scored, it does sound a bit daft that we'd be grateful for anything more than Kieran McKenna and his group of nice lads who have made the second best start to a championship season ever. But this weekend marked the first year of our fans supporting food banks, FSF Group. Started originally in 2015 by Liverpool and Everton fans, Fans supporting food banks seek to unite football fans in order to protect their communities from the scourge of food poverty. Following the notion of hunger doesn't wear club colours, fans of over 40 clubs across the UK have subsequently joined the campaign to organise around their football clubs. With donations for food banks now regularly being collected on match days up and down the country, FSF have continued to push against the ills of modern football just as they do against the ills of modern society. Man City fans raised 15k in a boycott against the unprecedented 5.30pm kickoff in the Community Shield, which would have left fans stranded in London with no public transport north. Everton recently displayed the FSF logo at their game against Chelsea in response to poverty chanting from the away end, and just last week, our group raised over 5k for food banks across East Anglia, ahead of the derby with Norwich. The mantra of solidarity, not charity, means difficult conversations about the reasons behind these problems in football. These aren't passive constants, but political choices made by bodies that don't have fans at heart. Fans are getting organised to stop the rot, as we know the incremental changes are a slippery slope we will struggle to return from. This is as true for successive UK governments, whose policies have actively sought to lower living standards and raise inequality. The work FSF have done to educate match-going fans and move the dial on what is acceptable on the terraces and across society is something I'll be forever grateful for. Hopefully. Just as it has continued on the pitch, we can continue to work together with our communities to tackle the systemic problems in the UK and in football. Elijah. Absolutely lovely. Thank you. Could Elijah. not agree with that anymore. This one's from Will Jordan. I'm just going to do a couple of quick ones with that guy. Yeah. Uh, hey, y'all. Hey, Will. My Ooh. football adjacent thing. Football adjacent? Ooh. Ooh. My football adjacent thing I'm grateful for is our family's first edition. 
My wife laboured for about 12 hours on September the 30th and our firstborn arrived that evening. Congratulations to you all. Oh, congratulations. Once we got home, I found myself up in the early hours of the morning and the only sport on at the time, we live in Tennessee, was the Cricket World Cup. I knew having a newborn would be exhausting. Sorry, but the 1 to 2 a.m. cricket feeds became something to look forward to every morning. I'll never forget these moments. Oh, I love that. I love that. They got a cricket baby. Watch a cricket baby. I love that, Will. Thank you so much. Again, congrats to you and your wife. And uh, this one from Peter Keith. This year, I am thankful for football, what we occasionally call soccer here in America. You can call it what you want. Absolutely. And how it has strengthened the relationship I have with my brother. Both being in our mid-twenties in different cities, we have found it hard to connect in the past, but our love of the Premier League has substantially increased the amount that we communicate. We follow the Prem in general, but specifically he supports oh no, he supports Arsenal. Poor guy. And I support West Ham. And twenty twenty three has provided us so much to converse about. Title challenges, a true relegation battle, a conference league trophy, and of course the Declan Rice transfer. It has been lovely to text and chat frequently about the results and news of the league, and I look forward to that continuing into the second half of the season and beyond. Love that. I love that, Peter. I love that Conference League triumph as well. It just felt yeah, so, so important. I'm really glad that trophy is around, actually. Yeah. Daniel Rubens. Hello, Ryan and Musa. Hello, Daniel. Hello. This year, I'm thankful to have had the opportunity to visit Europe from the US and to experience some of the biggest and best stadiums and atmospheres in the world, including, get this, Celtic Park, the Bernabeu, Camp Nou, Anoeta, and most of all, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, where I'm especially thankful for the Irish family, none of whose names I can remember, who took solo travelling me in at one of the Tottenham High Road pubs and fed me pints while they listened to me talk about my 12-plus year love affair with Spurs, sang every song with me, and appreciated that I knew the words to almost all of them, and just overall made me feel like I was exactly where I was supposed to be that night. I'm also thankful to Ange Postacoglu because the night I was there was the nil-nil second leg against Milan in March, one of the worst, least exciting football games I've ever seen, and I couldn't be any more thrilled that even through the team's poor run this November, this team with that beautiful Aussie at the helm truly embodies the echoes of glory ethos that drew me to Spurs in the first place. Wow. There is someone getting all their football vitamins. Long may that continue, Daniel. That's lovely. Thank you. Final two. Yes. Oh my goodness. We come at last. To the this one's from Dylan Wright, who emailed us last year. Hi, Ryan and Musa. Last time I emailed you and wrote how I was thankful for football because of the memories and shared experiences it has created with my father, who had just been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. You read my message at the end of your podcast, and I wanted just to say thank you. It was a I was in a really tough place and you reading that and the kind words following it meant a lot to me and my brother, who is also a listener. Thank you. Hey, no, our pleasure. Anytime, Master, anytime. Last year, I had the fortune of traveling to Germany for a game with my dad, but this year we took it one step further by including my brother and attending three games in one weekend back in April. We flew over together and caught a game at QPR on Friday. Oh my God, Flo Lloyd Hughes will love that. My goodness. We saw our Spurs play against Brighton at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Saturday and then drove up to Liverpool on Sunday morning for their clash against Arsenal. We were there. We were there. Yes, we were there in the place. It was a whirlwind 72 hours, but it was everything we could have hoped for and more. 
The atmosphere at the games were incredible. We had amazing weather, fantastic food, and it is something we will remember for the rest of our lives. And he included a picture of himself, his dad, Bill, and his brother, Will, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And it was lovely. I love that. I I'm love glad that. you had a great time, Dylan. Hope your dad's doing well and hope yes. you and the family are all good as well. Gosh, what a lovely adventure that is. I know. Delightful. Oh no, I'm feeling slightly sad. I know. It's the last one of all. The last one. Oh. From Christian Hersick. Oh, man. Dear Ryan and Musa, I hope this note finds you both well and warmer than your Canadian listeners. Ah, oh, do you know what? Actually, I will say this. Don't do it. Please I'm, don't do it. Well, I'm, I'm, not in, I'm, not, I'm not in Berlin today, so I'm actually oh, warmer. Oh, you're not? So I, I'm, because you're, you're I'm not toasty. in Berlin, I'm warmer than my Canadian listeners today. So I can say A that. rarity. A rarity, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this year, I'm thankful for the legacy of my grandpa, Bodan Hersick, who passed away in July. His story included being forced to flee his home in Ukraine as a young boy during World War II and coming to the USA as an immigrant. I'm grateful for his life and how he invested in me and taught me to love football. I remember sitting with him and watching the 2006 World Cup and 2011 Women's World Cup in particular. This fall, when Shakhtar beat Barcelona in the UEFA Champions League, I was absolutely ecstatic. I couldn't help but think of how happy it would have made Grandpa to see a side of mostly Ukrainians beat a powerhouse of European football. I'm so thankful for Grandpa and for the beautiful game that keeps him close to me. That is a delight, Christian. All the best in the new year from Christian. And Christian sent some beautiful photos oh, as well. they're amazing. Alongside. Just absolutely delightful. Photos of his granddad and just... They've got his that granddad, timelessness about... Look, like, look at his granddad, man. He was smooth. Listen. He was absolutely my, smooth. My guy was flexing out there. Honestly, like the levels is... The levels have been set. Stadio, yeah. listen, the Stadio photos being sent and absolutely delightful. Um, yeah. May he rest in peace. That sounds like a wonderful life, well lived, and um, lots of great memories. Great memories too. Oh man! Oh, where do we go from there? Where do we go from there? This is delightful. We really love reading those out. Not wanting to get too kind of like over overly emotional, but we really, really, really love reading through those. Yeah. Um. So thank you so much for sending them in, and thanks again for everyone to everyone who included our nonsense on things that they're grateful for. We really, really do appreciate it. And we really do appreciate everyone listening and I don't know, putting up with our shit. (laughs) Yeah. I got, I got nothing more to add. You know, it was kind of adorable. Like just, just on the last thing with Christian sending over those uh, beautiful photos. And it's kind of cool because like the, the first and last picture of his, his granddad, like he's in, he's in shorts. (laughs) It's almost like, Football kit from start to finish is kind of adorable. Love it. Yeah. I love, love that. Uh, well, as well. thank you again for sending all those in. They were lovely. Uh, we hope you're having a lovely festive period, whatever you're up to. Uh, a quick reminder, our final episode of the year will be on Thursday the 28th, and it will be the Stadios 2023. The awards that nobody asked for. You're going to get them. You're going to fucking get them. Can't block them from your inbox. You're going to get them. <laughs> Listen, just unsubscribe, unsubscribe. Keeps, <laughs> keeps arriving. Why is this? Marcus Spam. Marcus Spam. Spam, spam, spam. Block, block. <laughs> also, don't forget to check the Stadio Outros playlist on Spotify. And as it is Christmas Day, we are playing out on a Christmas tune. God, We're playing out on Pastor T.L. Barrett and the Youth 
for Christ Choir. We've actually played out on another one of theirs before. We're playing out on their version of Jingle Bells. So good. Which is one of the most amazing versions of Jingle Bells I think I've ever heard. Unbelievable groove. Unbelievable. It is. So anything you'd like to add, Musa? Nothing Before further. we get no, out good. of here on a one horse open sleigh. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing further. Nothing further. All right, everyone. Have a lovely day. Have a lovely week. Have a lovely festival. Let me period. let me turn on the Christmas lights in my sweater. Oh no! <laughs> Don't worry. That's Musa is literally lit. <laughs> so we're gonna I'm, get this. Is lit. Good enough. Is Musa is lit. We're out of it. All right, well, everyone. Much care. love. See you in a few days. Merry Christmas. See you then.